Hello and welcome to the Optional Podcast, episode number 151 for the week of February 11th, 2019. The Optional Podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment recorded each week from New York City and bounced around cables and satellites all around the world. And right now, you're listening device of choice. As always, I'm Paul Tamayo, but this week, unfortunately, Cam is MIA for, the, for, for this week, at least. Um, so I went out of my way and called across the entire country to our brother from another mother Khalif from the spawn on me and this is dope new show uh thank you so much for joining us this week Khalif really really appreciate it brother fam I'm so happy to, to be rocking with you on this wonderful wonderful weekend man nice. anytime anytime you throw up the bat and black signal I am down <laughs> to to roll with you and and, and get it in I appreciate it man yeah because I was on your show not too long ago and this has been like long overdue unfortunately every time we connect Cam is sort of out of the equation but I promise one listeners one week uh, Khalif will hopefully visit New York City soon and, and get to record with us in person because that's the only way to do it uh, properly, at least on, on this show. But uh, but thank you so much for joining us this week. Really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming to have you on this show. So it's nice to sort of get that, you know, optional spawn on me cinematic universe thing going. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, man, thank you so much. I'm super excited. Cam, I'm mad at you right now. You should be on this show with us. And I'm and I'm calling you out on your own show. Damn. You better be playing you better be playing Apex Legends and you better invite me in next time anyway. Yeah, man. Saying. For real. Uh stop with the stop with the oh my party's full. My party's full. You know, okay, I get it. Yeah, sure. Uh <laughs> no, but uh yeah, so th- this week's interesting. There's a lot lot of cool things that happen and is and you know, is are going to happen this week. So um first off, right off the bat, I want to talk about Valentine's Day right around the corner. Um, I'm not a huge, huge proponent of, you know, being going overboard with these sort of holidays or whatever, but I was curious if you had any sort of plans or anything nice you were going to do this week on Valentine's day. (laughs) The funny thing about that is, um, I talked to my wife about it. So she has a, she has a trip that's, um, that next day. So I think Valentine's day is on a Thursday this year. And I think the, you know, Friday is the day after Thursday from the last time I checked. Um, and so she's going to be hanging. Yeah, I think, I think that works. Um, and she, so she's supposed to be going away for the weekend and she was like, baby, you know, I'm I'm supposed to be going away, uh, for the weekend. Is that, is that cool? Uh, because I know Valentine's day is a thing. And I was like, well, look, I don't really think that Valentine's Day needs all the love that, that it's supposed to get. Plus, I booked a guest for that show anyway. <laughs> so <if you laughs> because because I figured you were going to dip out, I, I wound up booking a guest when everybody else was like, I'm not recording a show. I'm like, I'm going to record a show. Screw that. Yeah, so, man. Uh, I'll, I'll have I'll have a guest on the show. <laughs> nice. And I'll be recording. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite part of Valentine's Day is walking into like a Dwayne Reed the next day and just cleaning up on all the Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, Damn. Me and my uh, my girlfriend, we do that. That's our that's our tradition. We're we're not like super super uh, lovey dovey sappy, but um, you know maybe we'll go out for dinner or something. But we try also not to not put too much pressure on that holiday because you know like a lot of times you get this wild amount of pressure to to go above and beyond and like you know share the IG story or whatever. And it's like yeah, I don't know. I I think if you're into that, that's cool. But also like for those who aren't, no pressure. You know what I mean? Just like as long as you're doing what you're doing and just do it well. Here's my here's my thing about Valentine's Day, and this is the thing that has popped up over the past couple of years because of social media specifically, is I love the fact that there are folks who are like, yo, I'm doing me. I don't have a significant other. I'm mm-hmm. just going to rock out and do my own thing. My only gripe, my only, only gripe is besides the capitalistic part of Valentine's Day is don't be a love hater. 
If you're out there right now, just don't be a love hater. If you see people who are out there who are in love or you see folks who are out there and they're being excited about their relationships or being around other people in in these spaces during these times, like in a world where we need to see more, more, more love out in the world, don't be a love hater. That's all my, that's my only ask. That's, you know what? That's beautiful. I actually, you know what? Just in general, don't be a hater, but especially on Valentine's Day, don't be a love hater. That's, that's really important for real. Like, Word. you know, let, let people be happy. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Just, you know, Agreed. I get, yeah. Yeah. Just let people do, let, let people rock with, rock what they rock, man. It's, it's all good. Like you, you will find love. You may not find love. Everybody finds love in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Mine is video games and, and, and tall white ladies. But it, 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 but it, no, I'm just playing. It's, it's just the one tall white lady that I found. Um, but yeah, like let people do them. And, and, and if you see some good energy out in the world, try to uplift that thing and share it and, and, and be a part of it in some way that you can on your own. Exactly. Spread love. It's, it's the only way to, to, live, to live life, especially nowadays. Um, Seriously. But beyond that, actually, uh, this past weekend, um, I got a chance to go to the Museum of the Moving Image. I don't know if you ever had a chance to check that out. It's it's over in it's over in Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really dope spot. Uh, I, I think I talked about it on your on when I was on your show last time. But I, I happened to go there this weekend with a couple of friends who were visiting from out of town, and um, had a really dope time. And and I I didn't realize that um, they so they usually obviously the Museum of the Moving Image as it sounds primarily focuses on like cinema and any sort of like mixed media, primarily a video or photography, whatever, like, you know, design, animation. Um, so a nice mixture of, of things. Like I went there once and saw this like music video exhibit there right now. They're actually having a um, sports video games exhibit presented by Psyonix. Oh, and nice. It's a really cool, like walk through history of sports video games. So anything that was on, you know, any sort of machine from the PC up until, you know, whatever consoles we have now, they're they're on display. And I even found some things from my childhood that blew me away that I completely forgot about. Um, like there's this one game, I forget what it's I forget what the exact title is, but it's like a um it's like a track video game. So you do all these like you like long jump, you do like, you know, hurdles or whatever. Um mm-hmm. Really, really cool. And it had like the power pad for the NES kids. Ask your parents about the power pad. Uh, this really, really old, way ahead of its time DDR like pad for the NES with like, I think, uh, 12 buttons on it. Yep. Um, so it was really, really cool. I think if, if you if you live in New York City, if you live in the even in the tri-state area, definitely go give it a, go go give it a look. They also had a, a Jim Henson ex- exhibit. So you got to see like the Muppets, Sesame Street, uh, even like things like the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, like really, really cool props and sketches and original puppets. You can create your own puppets like that museum. I think it's like 10 15 bucks to get in it might be even less if you happen to be a student or if you have kids or whatever super worth going to check out especially now that it has like a video game hooked to it now and they they also have like screenings so you can watch you know animated movies there and just a really really cool time if you need something to do on a weekend or or whatever like or if you have friends in town and you guys want to hang out and do something really fun definitely go check it out it's so much fun i had such a blast man like if you're ever in town definitely try to check it out again if you if you get a chance like i love that place it's super underrated yeah, I get to go there once in a while. When I was back in New York, that was like the spot to go to for Indie Katie's. So yeah. it was like, you know, a beautiful setting. It's like a wonderful, like just structure in and of itself, the way that they have everything kind of um, put together and, and you kind of dig around and kind of turn around these blind corners and find new things to watch and stuff like that. It's it's a beautiful venue to, to, to go and see cool stuff. So yeah, definitely check that out. 
Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, cool. So let's just jump right into what we've been playing for the week. I have a, I have a few games I can sort of like briefly knock off of my list to to keep things moving along here. But um, so I've been I've been jumping back into two major open world games for whatever reason. Um, one of them is AC Odyssey, is a game that like I mean, listeners know by now. I freaking love to death. Uh, it's just so nice to jump back into that game, and and it it uh actually our our boss Steven Totillo, shout out to him. He he rec- he uh refers to it as like comfort food which is how i've now grown to look at it which is like it feels good it feels like something comfortable and and something that i know what to expect and it's you know nothing really game changing every time i play it but it's, it still doesn't take away from the overall fun of it and i've been chipping away at the the new dlc because i missed that stuff and um mainly because out of curiosity to see you know the I guess the drama behind all the controversy with the the forced sort of heterosexual relationship that they put you into, um, particularly from Alexio's side, because I'm I didn't get a chance to play as Cassandra for for work purposes, so I've been playing as Alexios, which I, I mean I, he gets a bad rap, but I think he, I think he's all right. I don't think he's that bad. I think he's a pretty decent um, actor. Like he is kind of goofy looking, but I think that's more I don't know. I guess character creation or whatever. But um, I've been playing a lot of that, and then also jumping into breath of the wild because i've been hearing a lot about people returning to that game recently and i've been meaning to jump back in for the longest time and um i never completed the the second i think the second dlc that they that they threw in there that i think it was like the champions ballot or something like that um and i've been jumping back into that game and and just remembering why it's so special and why i love it so much and just getting lost like literally just getting lost in that map again because i forgot a large chunk of it so it's also me just re learning things which mm-hmm. is kind of a cool place to be in um and yeah i just really really I, god i love that game i could talk i could like dedicate an entire podcast to that game uh <laughs> i love that game so do you have a lot of experience with breath of the wild did you get a chance to check that out it's one of those weird games where it's like it was the first thing i got when i got my switch and i remember jumping into it and feeling so like so powerless in some ways when you first Ooh. start out and i and i and i haven't gone back to it yet which is i feel like a weird i should shame my, myself for that um but it is like a definite like fantastic entry into that whole into that whole world and i feel like i have to go back to it um and jump back into that world at some point but i just haven't had the time to do it and i feel like that's the thing i need to play on my tv yeah, like I remember yeah. trying to play it on just in handheld mode, and my hands just dying. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah. I need to play this on the big on my big TV instead of where it's at. Yeah, it's really nice actually. So it was the first game I bought on on Switch. Like I remember, like I bought it on launch. I t- I took off of work that day when I was at my old job, and uh, when I actually went to Queens, close to uh, Museum of the Moving Image. And I like because uh, it was like one of the only Best Buys in the area that I could still find like bundles. I well, not bundles, but actual like pre orders were for the Switch. Um, and yeah, I came home and I, I played it like on my on my TV first. And yeah, that, for me, that's also the situ- the situation. I think I played probably like ninety five percent of that game docked. Um, the few times I played it like out in the wild, no pun intended, um, yeah. and come back home and, and be able to just like pick up right where I left off, like really sold the switch for me. Being being able to be like, wow, I was just on this canyon, you know, on the M train just now, and now I'm in my living room comfortably sitting on my big tv like there's something so cool about that that i hadn't really experienced before you know mm-hmm. ever really um but yeah if you get a chance man i i like highly recommend jumping back into this game it's like it's for me it kind of in a lot of ways ruined so many other open world games um and i think in, in a lot of ways you're seeing other games like even ac odyssey and even you know whatever else 
that that's it's out there slowly starting to learn from it already which i think is kind of cool like there's you know they're sort of encouraging players to disable uh you know like the the trails and like the checkpoints on on maps like encouraging players to just get get lost i know ac odyssey for one um whenever you take on a quest you can disable like the the hand holdiness of it even though i have it still enabled i think it's just kind of like fun to breeze through everything um but it does give you that like sort of it does trust you enough to be like all right let me find this on its own on on my own instead of having the game push me towards where i need to go just like the wild does which, which i i don't know i adore that sort of stuff um but then speaking of like i guess more uh exploration and less handholdy stuff i got a chance to check out um astroneer this week it's um mm-hmm. it's a very no man's sky like game which i really appreciate it uh it, much like no man's sky is a survival game where you crash land on a planet although you don't really have the the freedom of a no man's sky like you know at the very out like outset because you don't have a ship to sort of travel with but um, you crash on the planet and your job is to basically set up a base and slowly start working towards, you know, launching off to another planet. And um, it has a really, really cute, very minimal art style. If you, ha- if you haven't seen any video of it, I-, I would recommend checking it out if it sounds interesting at all. But it's really dope. It- it's-, it's a very, um, it's more of a linear experience than No Man's Sky is in some ways, even though No Man's Sky, you can sort of track quests and you can you can go from a to z in a very linear fashion but astroneer is dope because it's like um it does a lot of smart things and it it definitely streamlines a lot of things that no man's sky doesn't that i think what would probably make it easier for those who are sort of new to that sort to that kind of game um i I haven't played too too much of it but i did get a chance to finally play like the i guess the first 1.0 build it's been in early access for like three years at this point and Mm -hmm. um yeah, I recommend checking it out. It's really, really cool, especially if you like survival games. It, it's also got like such a beautiful art style. And like I said, it just does so many cute things really, really well. Like in really, really like smart, clever ways that uh, it just felt like a breath of fresh air after having been away from No Man's Sky for so long. It scratched that itch really well. And uh-huh. I, think, I think it's pretty cheap too. I think it's like 30 bucks or something on Steam. I think it's also on Xbox One as well. I don't think it's on anything else, unfortunately, but... Yeah, Hopefully, that's why I checked uh, it out in, in early access. It was yeah. it's definitely something that you should check out. I, I I haven't had a chance to play a lot of it, but I remember seeing Samantha Kalman talking about it because she's working on that game. And I was like, Oh my god, you you're working on this thing. This is gonna be fantastic. So yeah, if you if you are giving it some love and she's giving it some love, then I know it must be good. Yeah, it's good. It's it, it's a it's a cool game. I definitely might sort of put it into rotation for at least for like one of my cooldown games when I'm like coming off of a high of a yet another loss in uh apex legends <laughs> and <laughs> another game i actually want to talk about that that we talked about last weekend because we knew that there were rumors floating around of like oh my god it's gonna be a there's a battle royale on the horizon from the makers of titanfall and sure enough the next day on monday uh they sort of beyonce dropped this whole like launch and trailer and like you know sort of uh explanation of characters and and really cool presentation uh for for apex legends that just sort of just literally (laughs) crash landed on the scene and quickly is becoming uh kind of a favorite for especially for me but for a lot of people that i know um have you been playing a lot of apex legends i have spent entirely too many hours at this point playing apex legends i have spent in this past week please don't tell my (laughs) wife at least Three out of the five days this past week, up till 3 a.m. playing Damn. that game. The bags under my eyes are like, what up, son? And they, <laughs> they're like, yo, you need to calm down on Apex Legends right now. But it is so, so good. 
Yeah, it's it, phenomenal. It is unreasonably good. It should not be this good, but it is this good. Yeah, for real. And and it just kind of like it literally came out of nowhere. I mean, we, again, we'd heard like up until a few days before then that there were like rumors of it kind of floating around that there might be something coming soon, you know, whatever, whatever. And then it drops. And to be honest, I was a little skeptical when I first first saw it. And just because of the nature of what I do, I had to jump right in right away to make sure it was like, you know, worthy of coverage and, and whatever, whatever. So played a little bit of it on PC and then PS4. And I'm sort of in this new in-between space where I'm not sure where I want to land. I'm definitely leaning towards PS4 and console just because that's where the pro, like the majority of my friends exist yeah. and, and play. So that's kind of where it's easier for me to just jump into matches as opposed to just playing on, on PC with strangers or the occasional friend on here. Um, so also my, my main thing now is struggling with uh, mouse and keyboard versus controller and mm. if, if for, for whatever reason you live under a rock, Apex Legends is another battle royale game similar to, you know, the ones out there now, PUBG, Fortnite, Blackout. Um, and it does a really interesting thing where it sort of combines the fast paced nature and shooting of, let's say, a Blackout, but incorporates this sort of class based, these class based characters um, like Overwatch or even Rainbow Six Siege, if that's more uh, more familiar to you. And mm -hmm. it definitely, so it only does teams of three. It, max, it caps out at 60 players total. So that's 20 teams of three people. Um, and it, it, you can't do solos, unfortunately, but you can still play solo, surprisingly enough, and even, even without a mic. Um, but we can jump into that in a second. But it's so, yeah. And it, and it also has the movement and shooting of, of a Titanfall game, minus obvious, the obvious things like the, the, the wall running and the double jumping, which to be honest, I don't mind uh, i'm also uh i also wouldn't doubt that coming in the future with a with an additional character dlc or whatever but um yeah like you mentioned i've been kind of obsessed with this game even when i'm not playing it i'm watching clips of you know which characters do well the same way when overwatch came out i was watching videos about the meta about like you know which characters to prioritize who's what character is good for what scenario and right even just watching Twitch streams and like archived gameplay videos of wins just to see strategies. And it's, it's wild. Even when I'm not playing and I'm thinking about it. And for me, that's, it's been a long time since that's happened. I think the last time was blackout. I really like blackout. Um, but for me, I think, all, I mean, what is it like six days? I mean, seven days when it comes out <laughs> and it's been out, yep. it's already sort of surpassed blackout in some ways for me where it has that overwatch itch and, and listeners of the show know how much I love overwatch. And it, it kind of does those things. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can play a role and I can play that role really well. And it also mm -hmm. encourages you, much like Overwatch, to try different characters because you're not always going to pick that one you want. And um, yeah, I'm curious to know which, uh, who, do you, who do you main in, in Apex Legends? Right now, um, I, I, wow, as soon as you said that, the name of the character just jumped out of my head. Blood, <laughs> uh, what is it? Blood something? Oh, Bloodhound? Bloodhound. Why couldn't I think of that? I played him all the time. Um, <laughs> Bloodhound is my main right now. So it's bl uh, blood, blood, blood. Why? God, Jesus. Bloodhound. <laughs> you got it. There you go. That's just what happens when you're up till three o'clock in the morning for like four days straight. You're like, yeah, you just lose sleep, it. Man. Bloodhound is my main. Pathfinder is my second. And then um, uh, Caustic is my third. Nice. So, it, so it's it's one of those things like you that you just talked about where it's like, the class-based part of this game is what makes it so very different. And I would say, this is going to be the back-of-the-box quote for the, for the game, it is the smartest BR experience I've ever had. 
Word. because of the fact that they've added all these really smart layers to the game where Bloodhound gives you situational awareness, Pathfinder gives you the ability to kind of get in and out of situations really quickly with his with his zip line. Plus, he has the ability to kind of tell you where the next uh, next circle is going to wind up ending. Um, you, then you have Caustic, who is great in both a defensive and offensive way, where you can, with his alt, throw down like five uh, uh, bags of, of uh, toxic gas. And I use that more, way more in a more defensive kind of healer capacity than I do in a, an actual like offensive way. So like if I have someone who's just gotten down, I will run over to them, throw down the gas, stay there, heal them, pick them up, and then dip out. So it's like those mm-hmm. folks don't want to run into that because then they're going to they're gonna get some damage over time. Right. And also it gives you the ability to kind of like cloud yourself literally with smoke. It's so many smart things within that game that they've done. The, the smart ping system oh. is something I hope every, every, everybody cribs. Like I want everyone to take that thing because it's just so damn smart in the way that they thought about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean... Ditto everything you said, and then some. Like the, the pinging system was the first thing to me that really stuck. I was like, man, I can't believe this is the first time I'm doing this. Like, I mean, other mm-hmm. games have had similar things. Like, you you know, you think of the obvious ones like Battlefield, the pinging system there, where it used to be whenever you see somebody, you ping them, and it'll sort of trace them as long as you have an eyeline on them. And that changed Battlefield Five to much controversy, to much blowback, where it was like, if I if I see somebody in the woods, I can't ping them i have to like just i can just tell my team like hey someone in this general area here right is here but but i mean here in this in apex legends it does the same thing where you don't necessarily ping a person and then you a dorito pops up over their head that you just know to shoot at um in this game it does a very similar thing where if you on console um you have to double tap r1 and it'll say like okay enemy here spotted or whatever and if you tap it once you say hey let's go over here but it's also mm-hmm. contextual so if, if you open up a crate and you see a shotgun and your buddy wants a shotgun you you can hit it once if you don't have a mic and your character will tell to to tell the team um hey there's a shotgun here right and then that person who wants it they can look at where you where you pinged and they can hit r1 themselves and say okay i'll take that so like there's yep. so many smart contextual based layered things that you can do as you play the game that you don't even, I mean, having a mic certainly helps. Like, don't get me wrong. I think you, you should have a mic when you play this game, but even if you don't, you're probably okay. Like you'll be able to communicate well enough with your team that you don't have to necessarily say, you know, precise exact things where you you know, granted it would help if in the middle of a, uh, of a firefight where maybe you're being swarmed to be able to say, Hey, I'll pop this alt who needs health or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, yeah, there's so many smart things about this game. I, I'm right now at the moment. I find myself playing a lot of Gibraltar as my main, and mm, my, my backup. Mm-hmm. I guess my backup two are probably um, Lifeline and um, Mirage. So yep. Mirage, I don't play as much because he's not as effective. I think he's kind of cool, but I think the I think people will learn how to counter him very quickly. Like I think mm-hmm. within a matter of weeks, maybe people have already solved him or figured him out. But um. But Gibraltar is so fascinating because to me, he's the most like a Zarya. And I, Zarya was my main in Overwatch where I felt like a tank. I felt like I could provide support. I don't mm-hmm. have to be the, the star player. If, like, if something happens, if the S hits the F, I'll pop the shield and know that we'll all be safe for at least a, a quick second, like a hot second. We can sort of regroup and, and quickly figure out a solution to whatever we're dealing with. But um, I like being that backup person, and Gibraltar for me is 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 so much fun to play, and I, I love his sort of personality too. Like, 
it's everything about this game for me just <laughs> fires on all cylinders, man. It's so good. Yeah, it's it, and it's funny because you can see that they sat back for a little bit when they were thinking about the design docs for this game, and they were like, okay, both they you can see that they had the 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 forethought to to kind of take a step back and think about the actual total BR space and where we where we land, but also they have been paying really close attention to the folks who have been in the front to check out some of the stuff that they've been doing and adding those things to their game in really fun and smart ways too. Like the revive system was Ugh. something that was in a limited time mode in Fortnite and then pushed over to blackout. And then they figured out an even smarter way to do it. Mm-hmm. You have that. And then they had to redeploy stuff that they had also in Fortnite. And then they figured out another way to make that even better. So it's, it's the folks from respawn, man. I like, I want to give them cats some daps and some hugs. Cause they like Word. definitely, pull together something and just from a, a an industry perspective like the ability like you said to beyonce to beyonce drop this and really no one kind of know what the deal was is really fascinating because yeah. i don't think that people who are you know either you know games adjacent or folks who are like specifically in the industry i'm sure a lot of folks who are like deeply embedded knew what was going on but like Folks who were in the press were like, yo, this what? Like, who where? Like, this yeah. is the thing that's happening right now? What? Okay. Let's check out how it does. And people did not at first think that it was going to do well. And right now, I would say they have firmly planted themselves at least as the second good, the second, like, best BR in the space right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And even yeah. when, even in the office, a lot of us were like, like, you know, a skeptical at first, obviously, because, you know, it, it's, it definitely helps to be skeptical. You just kind of question and keep things um, don't automatically like buy and things sort of like keep your guard up a little bit. But, but the more we played it, the more we were like, Hey, this is actually really good. And and mm-hmm. a lot of us in the office are huge fans of Titanfall too. And it was sad what happened to that game when it came out, it got sandwiched in between the two other major shooters at the time. And it was, a, it was kind of a shame because that game is so good. And it, it like, you kind of feel like it deserves so much better. And um, this sort of feels like at least a bit of, like redemption uh, for that team and and because like they they do such great work and uh and and you know apex legends uh, despite not having like the most fun name to say i think we've all sort of slowly started (laughs) to shorten apex over time um it's so good man it's got a lot of personality too like it's it's like this it's in this halfway point between like a a call of duty and an overwatch where it's not as like kind of pg-13 as an overwatch but it's also not as like rated r as a as a as a call of duty which i think is a nice sweet spot for for a lot of people out there and and also like we'll get to it in the questions uh segment later on but just from a representation standpoint it's it's great like right off the bat we have some really diverse characters and they're not even that many characters and it's kind of cool that by default you know you have some really interesting people to to choose to choose from and yeah i'm very very curious to see how the and also like the fact that this was made in source and um very cleverly created in terms of like the areas like each area feels like an entirely different like multiplayer map you know like yeah there's Mm -hmm. a there's a part where it's like a a concert area style thing where the tutorial happens there's another area you can actually land on a ship that's like flying above the actual Mm -hmm. map there's (laughs) so many like wild things happening on this on in this game and it makes you wonder you know down the road let's say season two three four five what kind of different modes they're going to implement what new characters are going to introduce um and if if this is how it's starting, it's 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 very promising. It's very promising because you know people who may have, who may miss it, the Titans from Titanfall, you know who knows? Maybe down the road there could be a, a mode where 
it's like one Titan versus one Titan. And then everyone else sort of teams up against each other, like 30 V 30 style, or maybe there's um, one Titan and you have to take that Titan down. I don't know. Like there's so many different ways this could happen. Or maybe there, maybe there are no Titans. And, and, and for me, that would be totally fine. Like I don't need the Titans. Yeah, I don't need it at this point. Maybe you fight those big dinosaurs that are hanging out in the back of the in the back of the yeah. world. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing you doing? fight. I don't know. They look terrible. They look like they stink. But that's a whole <laughs> other. But but the but the but the part that I really love about this is like as soon as everyone talked about respawn making this game, everyone jumped to the 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 reasonable conclusion to be like, why are there no titans in this game? Right. And it just re it just reinforces just how smartly they have designed this game, and they knew that the core part of that gameplay that was really fun that made things feel different were the titans themselves and even the small parts they've implemented into this game like wall running not in the same ways that you think you can run up a wall but you can't run a, you know across, across wall horizontally it. yeah but it has shown that just like all the fundamental things they've always gotten the shooting right they've always gotten the kind of traversal stuff right they've always gotten the movement right in those games and I'm just like, I'm so happy for them and the fact that they get to share this game with everybody else and show just how good it was without the Titans in it. Word, word. And yeah, it made people mad because I was like, yo, <laughs> the representation part representation part was super dope. People were like super, super set. And I was like, yeah, it makes it even better. Yeah, totally. And, and it's it's interesting, like you said, I mean, me and um, me and Tim actually at work, we were talking about how like some people were like, oh, it's weird that they don't have Titans because the Titans were you know, the best part of the game. And I was scratching my head, like, did you, did y'all really think that? Like, did you really think, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, the Titans were dope, but like, for me, a large part of the fun of Titanfall too, especially multiplayer, was being able to zip around, wall run, double jump, and then like, you know, mm-hmm. granted that's not in the game, but the movement and the shooting, being able to jump on a Titan's back, like that made you feel like, I don't know, it made you feel like, the superhero, it, it, you know, the Titans were a, a bonus. That was like an added layer, an icing of of bonus Titan deliciousness. But it, it wasn't necessarily like required for it, for for the meal to be to be good, in, in my opinion, at least. So Same. and and you know, and who knows? Like I said, it, it could come down the road, and and everybody would be like, "Oh man, we were wrong!" And yay, there's Titans, and it's it's optional. Like you don't have to pick that mode. You can play the regular mode. Um, so. Yeah, I'm very curious to see the future of this game. And I kind of want to see more developers in the future moving forward, just, you know, Beyonce style drop things. Cause like there is a benefit to, to, I mean, granted, a lot of people don't have that uh, opportunity and that sort of EA backing or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. it would be cool to like maybe hold, you know, hide your cards, hide your hand a little bit more. Uh, leading up to a release and then just sort of surprise everybody because then you and also granted you know you have to admit a lot of this was you know smart marketing in, in a lot of ways where oh they yeah paid, they paid influencers to to stream this on twitch and it quickly became a huge deal like our first stories about this and we you know it, it's it's just like it, it was a it was a really well rolled out um launch for a game that no one kind of saw coming and um yeah, I'm just so curious about the future of this game, and I can't wait to uh, to see more of it and to see like where it goes. Before before you switch to to the next topic, I know we're, I know we're making a transition. But I just wanted to say that of all the things that I that I I'm not going to say I didn't like. I do have a small gripe with the fact that they paid the influencers. Sure, not not for the fact that they got them actual money. Like I don't care about that part. Like you bring in people who you feel are going to you know, showcase your game well and, and show it off in, in, in good ways so that you can have a good launch like this. The thing I don't like about it is when it comes to the streaming game right now, 
in the way that Twitch works is once a game moves, it seems like everybody who's a top streamer who has a really big audience all moves together. Yeah. And it feels like that part of the of the way that Twitch and YouTube and a lot of the other places where content gets made maneuvers is that you see everyone kind of do this one big turn at the same time. And it's usually not because it's an inorganic movement. It's because someone has either gotten paid or there's a big a big game that's coming out that everyone kind of wants to see and I get that part. I just wish that there was a little bit more of like, "Oh man, I found this thing and it's really dope and you should check it out." And also now let's grow that community this way. Like it it's kind of works in that way, but it also feels like, I don't know. It doesn't feel dirty and it doesn't feel unreasonable. It, I just wish that it wasn't so formulaic yeah, in the way yeah. that, in the way that that actually works. And also I just want them to figure out another uh, control scheme where I can throw a grenade in a reasonable way without having to hit like 17 buttons. I don't like, yeah, <laughs> I don't man. like, that's the one thing, that's the one small gripe. I wish they would figure out another control scheme where I can throw a grenade off my bumpers as opposed yeah. to having to hit right on the D-pad and do all that other stuff afterwards. But besides that, everything else, I totally am rocking with that. I, I believe everything you said, and it's absolutely true. Word, word. W- well said, well said. I, I don't know what else to add to that, but yeah, I completely agree about the, st- the streamer stuff. Like, it does feel a little, you know, formulaic and, and, and fabricated in a way that's hard to... Uh, it's hard to process and it, it definitely does leave a weird taste in your mouth where you're like, mm. like this game is cool and it sort of stands on its own merits. But again, I guess the marketing decisions are what they are, you know, like, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah. And then the other game that I've been playing this week is uh, the division two beta, the, the private beta that came out, I think on Thursday, it, it officially launched. So mm-hmm. I have, I have not had a ton of time with it, but I have poured about like four or five hours into it. I streamed about, like almost two hours with with Tim the other day, and uh, have you got a chance to play the Division Two beta at all? Yeah, I got some in last night and uh, right on launch again at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, word, word. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I've actually like so I, I'm kind of I'm I'm in a mixed I'm I'm in a weird space with these with these kind of games, like especially with service games. We talked about uh, yeah, so we got a chance to play Anthem a couple weeks ago, and. I'm a little hopeful for Anthem just because I, I think a lot of what that game has in it from a from a design standpoint, like just strictly from the the way the you know you move and fly and the and the, the the sort of mechs or whatever they're called or the uh, javelins, um, it feels pretty good to me. I, I like that kind of stuff, but I couldn't, I can't, I have a really really hard time getting into service style games just because I straight up don't have the time to pour into these kind of games, and you miss a, a day or two days, and your and your friends have sort of just left without you and it's hard to sort of catch up um but the but i did play the first division i played it all the way through the at least the main campaign i played a little bit of the of the the end game which is basically the the real game um and i really liked it i I really enjoyed it but over time other things came out and i just sort of quickly quickly jumped ship but um the division two for me feels more like more like the division one in a lot of ways and and that's not a bad thing it just feels like more of that game and um i liked it i liked it from what i played so far the shooting felt pretty solid it has that sort of very ghost recon tom clancy style like weight to it that i think feels really good um the cover system sometimes can be kind of finicky especially if you get swarmed and you're trying to like move away and dodge you get stuck on things like a lot like years of war um sort of a thing that we still sort of struggle with i guess but for the most part uh it feels really good you know this this totally not political game that Ubisoft is making. Um, 
it feels pretty good. I, I, like I, I like the the different little bits of lore that are littered throughout the game. It's kind of funny, humorous. Some of them are pretty interesting commentary um, on on current current events. But uh, I'm not entirely sure that this is for me, and I mm. I'm hopeful that for people who do like the division, especially the first one, that they'll find what they want from this game. But just speaking from personal experience, I know that I most likely won't stick with it, which is a shame. It's more it's more commentary on on me and my sort of gaming habits, but I know yeah. that I probably won't stick with it, which is kind of a bummer, just kind of a personal reflection thing. But I'm curious to see where what, what you think of it. I mean, most of the games now that we see like in this looter shooter space, it's it's going to be difficult because as soon as I see, like I've already played Division 1, and I know what that game is, right? I've played Destiny. God know how. God knows how many hours. Thank you, PlayStation, for telling me how many hours I played that game. Yeah, right. Thanks. But it, yeah, no, seriously. But it's like one of those things where it's like I look at these games now, and is I'm I'm excited for Division Two. Like I'm excited. I've been at a couple of events. I'm probably going to be going to another one soon. Nice. Um, and it's going to be one of those things where it's like I see the 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 core gameplay loop, and the first thing I think is like, oh my god, how much time. <laughs> Am I going to have to actually not be good at it, but to get the like fullest version of it out of I'm like already looking at it. Like what is going to, what is this going to take the place of that I could have been playing or should be playing or whatever it is. And it's like, I have such a lower tolerance for, and this isn't a, this isn't a, a, a jab at this particular game. This is like these kind of games in general. It's just like, I don't know how much time I'm going to have to dedicate to those things. So the gameplay loop has to be really, really good at the beginning to get me hooked so that I can remove something else out of my space. And the one thing I think is Anthem may not be the one that makes the cut at this point. Like I Interesting. think like destiny at this point, it has its loop. I enjoy certain parts of that and parts of that loop. Um, but the thing that I remember constantly about the way that that game plays is it encourages me to keep getting stuff and keep pushing forward by doing really small things. And I talked about this when the Anthem um, beta drop was that um, what they needed to fix in that particular game is that small kind of like audible or visual tweak that lets you know something good has happened. Mm. And they don't do that well in Anthem, right? So it's like Division does that well. uh, Destiny does that well. So I have like more want to kind of dig into the division. And I have more questions about that world right now. Like I was playing the beta the other night and I was like, who are all these, like, who are all these people who were just running the hell at me with batons? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. like, like, why are you running at me screaming bloody murder running at me with batons? And I'm like, I know, I want to know. Cause it's, it's kind of absurd in the, in like just watching it and being a part of it. I'm like, I am bussing guns at all your boys <laughs> and you are literally running at me yeah. with with a hockey mask and and, and a baton and, my guy like and a I baton a my guy word like this yeah I'm, I'm about to bust you and you just rolled at me so it makes me it makes me kind of laugh at that aspect of it but it also then makes me want to know more about the world and how they're going to try to tie that into something that seems reasonable you know what i mean yeah like anthem anthem they haven't done enough world building for me to care enough Mm, interesting so it's like i don't know yet besides the fact that it's like the best iron man game that you can buy right now at this point so yeah, you know what that, i mean like yeah that's totally what it, what it is for me it's like oh man i've always wanted to be war machine and this game lets mm-hmm. me do that um mm-hmm. and that's probably my my sort of my own personal bias showing but 
Yeah, I think that I, I totally agree. There, there are moments of the division two from the from the project that I played so far that I go, oh wow, like maybe I could stick with this one if if it if it you know if it continues to go down this road. But I've also I also remember hitting that wall with the division one, and this mm-hmm. this game for me personally doesn't do much. Uh, it doesn't do a lot different from the first one and i think that's great again for people who loved the first one they're gonna love this one uh but for me like after having you know double jumped into the air and like like rocketed off behind enemy lines and then like shot things from the air then you know jet back down to the ground and Mm -hmm. and use my 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 hero academia style boosters to sprint back to the to my friends like that felt so cool and new and exciting. And I guess like my own personal bias is like, I'm off to the new shiny moth to the flame thing. And, sure. um, and maybe the division two minds up having the better experience in the long term because they already had the first run of like the division one and, and learning from that. Hopefully you, you would assume that they, mm-hmm. they picked up some things along the way. And I haven't even gone into the, the dark zone. I know there are some changes to that as well, but I, I'm happy or at least hopeful for people who do like that game that I think that they might, find something there for them um and i don't know hopefully that's that's the case yeah i feel like a lot of people are going to be dipping in and out of stuff uh with all these games that are going to be dropping and i'll I'll preface that i've I've spent enough time with division two stuff both in events and on the beta that like the things that i've seen that you may not have seen or been privy to yet were the things that did excite me so it's like dead dark zone stuff um, them having multiple versions of it now mm-hmm. where that was that was a huge um, a roadblock for me when I first started the game is because I was on it like day one and they just hadn't figured out their infrastructure stuff and it was like cheaters everywhere and you could yeah. like run outside the dark zone into like outside the map and shoot people and kill them and take their stuff and then when they finally hit like the 1.2 uh, patch that's when everything kind of changed and then they got their stuff together and it feels like from there they've been able to kind of put good momentum back into that game and it feels like it's definitely kind of translated itself over to division two stuff now anthem is still trying to figure out what it wants to be and it hasn't conveyed that in a really good way like i definitely am rocking with you on the like you get to fill all these different versions of space you know Mm -hmm. vertically and horizontally and kind of all those parts of the world um and the stuff they had in the beta felt good, but it just it, it just not it's not hitting that one thing yet. Like I don't feel I feel special in the way that I look, and I feel special in the way that my character will kind of interact with the world and fight things. I just don't feel like that game needed to be a looter shooter. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. that game could have been something that had nothing to do with loot, and I would have a better time and better expectations for it uh, for some of that stuff. Like they need to show off more things in terms of not just guns, mm-hmm. but, but you know, kind of aesthetic and kind of um, uh, uh, pieces of your kit that you're gonna wear that's gonna make you look super sexy. Than what they've already shown, because that part hasn't sold me yet. the The synergy stuff has sh- has sold me, but not the actual like way you look yet. Word, word. Yeah, I'm also curious. I only played two of the four javelins, so I haven't haven't seen the other two. I haven't spent a lot of time with them. So, oh, which ones did you play? I played the, the the first one, the default one they start you off with. I think it's called like the Ranger or something. And yep. then I played the uh, the Interceptor, the the really fast oh, one. Oh yeah, and I okay. really enjoyed the Interceptor because like I guess for those kind of games, I like to be the the in and out, you know, more vulnerable but more uh, more powerful person sort of behind enemy lines, and then it's kind of reliant on another tank next to me so we can sort of combine our our with our powers combined um, just sort of steamroll <laughs> enemies. 
But um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to check out the uh, the heavier Colossus unit. And the the Colossus, yeah, yeah. I think I think the Colossus is might be where I land though ultimately because again, I always main Zarya. I, I like mm. um, Gibraltar in Apex Legends. I like being the person that provides support and sort of is that person in the front line everyone behind me type of type of deal i don't need to be the star but if i'm sort of like the i don't know the backup that's cool but um yeah i haven't played everybody just yet colossus is what sold me on that game oh like Col- colossus colossus and well storm in terms of the pretty factor like it's the it does all the pretty you know glowy bits of that game it's like, oh, I want to see how the elemental stuff works. Storm is like perfect for that. It's like, I want to know what my, I want to know if my video card will make this thing look sexy. That's Storm. But Colossus definitely was the thing that sold me on it. You just feel really, really important to it to a squad. So it's like it de- it definitely does make you feel that way. Yeah, I, get, I dig it. So yeah, well, um, what else have you been playing uh, on your on your end? Oh my god, it's been the the month like February has been so nuts in terms of stuff that's been coming out. A lot of it I can't talk about specifically because it's still under embargo, but I have been messing around with the new Far Cry New Dawn stuff. Mm-hmm. Um uh, got a chance to check out some Metro uh Exodus as well. Um so that's been pretty fun and and kind of working my way through that game so I can give a, a review of that. Uh, I just just started the Tojem and Earl game last night, and that weirdly like brought back so much nostalgia. And it's like Tojem and Earl is an amazing game because you really don't know what the hell it's about. Like it gives you an yeah. idea of like what the actual plot is, but the actual like fundamental things that you're supposed to actually do as a game, it doesn't really explain that stuff well, <laughs> and it never has. And right. that's kind of the great part of it. So there's like. Besides Apex and besides, uh, uh, I jumped back into Tekken. Um, I'm just nice. sitting in front of my computer. I'm sitting in front of my computer and my and my console, salivating at anything that drops about Mortal Kombat 11. Oh God! Um, so there's so many things right now. I just don't know how much time I'm gonna have to actually like dig into everything that's actually coming down the pipe. Like I'm gonna have to just bypass some stuff and be like, I gotta come back to it. Yeah, but there's a lot yeah. of good stuff coming down the pipe. Definitely, definitely. All right, cool. So jumping into the news for the week, our, our first story is a pretty interesting one. We were just talking about it earlier. We kind of touched upon it briefly, but um, yeah, Apex Legends hit 10 million players in 72 hours, um, which is interesting. They also had 1 million concurrent players. So concurrent are, it basically means people playing at the exact same time, which is wild for a game that is all of seven days old. Um, granted, with the backing of EA, and like we mentioned before, the glorious outreach of the twitch influencer community but um pretty wild how quickly this thing has taken off and and curious to see if it winds up having legs or not you know like in the long term yeah totally like we'll see how this game is going to do in, a, in about a month or two right when everyone kind of figures out like because i feel like right now everyone's trying to find the meta and learn mm-hmm. about the game and try to do that part um but weirdly i think like not weirdly i would say uh uh better for everyone is that this game has now figured out what it wants to be and knows what it is really hard. And I think that everybody else now is just trying to figure out how they can use their game styles from other games and kind of apply it to apex legends now. So it's like, it's, it's going to be dope to see what happens in, in a couple of months when the, the battle, their version of whatever the battle pass is going to be coming out and stuff. So there's a lot of stuff down the road. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I'm I'm super curious to see how how it shakes up in the, in the long term. But uh, our next story, and our second to last story, second and last story, it's kind of a bummer. It's um, 
so basically blizzard employees are, are bracing for massive layoffs this week um this was reported on by uh kotaku jason schreier i'm taking this from from his report here but um yeah so basically the, the staff at the game publisher activision blizzard are preparing for big layoffs next week waiting to see who will be one of potentially hundreds of employees who could lose their jobs on tuesday um so this is kind of a bummer and this is a, a kind of a conversation that we continue to have over and over again it seems uh especially in in relation to simple things or not simple things because it's extremely complicated but in regards to things like unionization and workers rights um these this is this seems to be like example one at the moment like you know the the, the prime example to to put forth um specifically because taken from the article both activision and blizzard operate autonomously but are governed by the same c-suite of executives including ceo bobby kodak whose salary in 2017 was roughly 28.6 million bucks um which kind of is a shame when you consider the fact that like, you know, they, they didn't, apparently this came from like a, an earnings call earlier, I think in January, I believe. Um, oh no, I think this is uh yeah, I don't know. I, I forget when it happened. I think it's happening this week, but um, considering they kind of missed quote unquote sort of sales expectations and certain, certain staff uh, have been told to expect uh layoffs and and we're and we're told to you know make certain cuts and we we've all seen the the sort of reaction to even closing down some games like heroes of the storm um but yeah i'm just curious to to get your take on on this whole scenario because it it is a huge bummer and and we don't know until i guess the the things start unfolding this week on on tuesday it seems so i guess we're i guess we'll find (sighs) out which is kind of a huge bummer yeah, I mean, I think I saw a stat the other day that talked about just how in media alone, I think over the past month, like 2000 jobs were lost or something to that to that effect. It was right. over across a different bunch of outlets, games related and not. But it's just like there's always this really interesting conversation around around pay gaps and wealth disparity and, you know, the way that the systems work against the worker and for the folks who are on the sea the, the level um and how that kind of like tr- uh, waterfalls down to people who are doing the actual work mm-hmm. and it just it just sucks man because it's just like that company when you think about it you don't think about that kind of, that 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 company hurting for money you know what right, i mean right, like right. you know what i mean like it's not one of those things where it's like oh this 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 plucky startup is like losing <laughs> all their people because they've you know they had a bad game do not 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 do well and and, and all those things i'm just like are you telling me that you can't find the dough to like pay these people? Like I could even understand if the projects that they were working on weren't doing well, you know, like right, I can right. understand that I can ration, I can make the rational leap of logic to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, hots wasn't doing that well. So, you know, maybe they should can it or like overwatch isn't really doing that well. So maybe they should, you know, maybe they have to, you know, tighten their belts a little bit, but like, Y'all don't have to tighten no belts. Like, no. Like, there's no belts to tighten. You don't have to do it. Like, how like does, there has to. Yeah. How does ahead, Bobby Kodak make 28, over $28 million in a year? No one should be making that much money, in my opinion. And it's like, if, if, if you know, granted, like you said, if like things are happening where it's like, oh, this so-and-so game is not doing well, you're going to go after people who make probably uh, less than 100K a year, or if not around that, you know, and, you, and you're going after their salaries when, you know, uh, I could think of other ways you could find that money, <laughs> like looking off, looking at the, how much these people make. It's like, it's yeah. pretty wild. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in a, it's weird. Like, I'm in a, I'm in a different space when it comes to the conversation about like how wealth is amassed and how, how that kind of trickles itself down. Like, I'm not always fully on the whole like there should be no billionaires conversation. Like, I think that that's a little bit unreasonable. I wish that there was a more in a better distribution of that wealth in better ways. Like I don't mind people figuring out reasonable parts of figuring out how to use the systems that are here. Cause I like, Hey, if I were to make a whole bunch of money, right. If I made a crazy amount of dough, I would hope that people wouldn't be like, yo, Kai doesn't deserve to make a lot of money. <laughs> but I would also say that I would do my damnedest try to make sure that all my people are taken care of. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, the part yeah. that I, I feel is the, is the, is the rub in all this is like, you see that the, that the disparity between what those folks make and what the people who are definitely just making the games are going to be making. Yeah. And I, you I, have to just look at that and just be like, well, how, how do you justify the amount of money that those folks don't have and say, well, why don't they have better stock options for their stuff so that if they did wind up having to shut down a part of the studio that they would be able to kind of land well on their feet or that they are able to kind of move themselves up in those economic ladders in a way where all those systems kind of worked for everyone as opposed to just the super tippy tippy top of that of that, mm. of that pyramid. I don't, it's, it's hard. Like, I, it's, I don't want people to lose their jobs, especially when you see people chilling and hanging out on yachts like i don't want that no one wants yeah. that yeah i'm definitely on the on the other extreme i mean like i i am one of those people who think yeah you know what we shouldn't we should probably shouldn't have billionaires because <laughs> it's yeah. like um you know when you think about how much money let's say like a jeff bezos has or whatever and you yep. and or or whoever whoever the whoever the the it person is in the in the in the zeitgeist it's like how can i mean you hear this a lot especially from from the new up-and-coming politicians or whatever but i just can't mm -hmm. rationalize having that much money in a world where people are freezing in the streets or it, it, in particular like with with a company that you are a part of um, letting go of people who are now in danger of not being able to provide for their families or have health insurance or or, or you know pay their their mortgage or whatever like these people could potentially become homeless or or worse you know and i i don't know how you can justify um you know that's why you know the 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 basic step one of unionization is so important which is basically mm -hmm. like i said on twitter just like protecting your neck like you have to be able to like i mean my own our own company like we we have a, a very strong union shout out to the gmg union shout and out to gmg we were also we were we were fortunate enough to uh once we heard of, of potential layoffs happening we 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 were able to turn those into buyouts so people who instead of being let go of and saying, all right, bye, peace, pack up your things, go. You don't have a job tomorrow and you don't have a paycheck for the next two weeks or whatever. Like, mm. and, and you're, you're super asked out. Like not, now you have no way to, to start, you have no sort of plan B. And with a lot of us, you know, so, some of us are even living paycheck to paycheck. So that, True. that would have screwed us over. So we, we want, we thankfully were able to turn that into severance and that can make a huge difference if you're talking about, like being let go of like pack your bags put your shit in a box and be escorted out by security and now you're yeah. asked out versus like all right at least i have some runway to to figure out my next step here um and if i'm looking at this this graphic that it's actually the first comment on the article of you know one person making 28 million another person making 15 another person making 12 11 5 9 million dollars talking about millions of dollars 
And mm-hmm. you're telling me that there's no way, like you were mentioning earlier, to to distribute that that money more effectively than I feel like you're you guys are just something's gotta change. Like something's gotta change or else this is this shit is just not sustainable. You can't keep churning and and you know, just completely manipulating and, and abusing these people in, in this way. Like something has to change, bro. Like this shit this shit is crazy. I feel you. I mean, and and I want to I want to circle back because I don't want that initial statement to come off as being terse or come off as being uncaring. Because look, I I worked at the biggest municipal union back in New York for almost a decade. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we had we had a fund that we pulled together that was literally just for people who were going to be asked out and put on the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was called the We Help Our Own Fund. You know what I mean? Like we had our own dough that we put together as union workers. Right. Uh, to to make sure that there was a safety net for people in that particular space that doesn't account for the like the the beauty of unions and the beauty of this conversation and the idea around like these people are making this crazy amount of money and it's not funneling itself down to the people who it matters most to. I don't think you like as much as I am down for I'm like a huge proponent of reparations. I'm a huge proponent of redistributing the wealth. Like I, all those things are like a part of my being. Like I believe those things in real ways. A lot of those things are dependent upon human beings being good. Word. And the other parts of that like are the legalities and the and the systems that we built. So yes, you need to build the system so that you have safety nets, right? Mm-hmm. And I but I don't think that like the sentiment of being like, well, we don't need billionaires to to be a thing. Cause then the, cause then you keep pulling that down the ladder, right? And I'm like, and this is not me like shouting out the rich and be like, yo, shout out to the rich people. Like y'all are good. <laughs> but I feel like the thing that the thing that I always sit up at night and think about is like you have to do the double the double ended kind of attack right where it's like you need to both fix the systems that are there in place to give people loopholes to make money where they don't have to give back to people you you need to figure out those and make those less of a thing you also need to kind of help people innovate and have things to strive for so they can remove themselves from or at least be able to come back to the places where they where they were down on their luck. I'm a person who shit. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, like maybe a decade ago, I had to decide between am I going to ride the train to work or am I going to eat? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I want to be able to give whoever those folks are the ability to look at something or another space to be like, I am in a really terrible position here. I want to be in a better position that I can necessarily help other people get out of the situations that they're in, but also understand that like, while you're doing all that, we have to change the societal notions of what wealth is. We have to, right. we have to look at people being more empathetic. We have to change the ideas of like, none of these folks who made this money, made this money on their own. Like there is no self-made millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire, right? Mm-hmm. None of those things are real. So like, the part of the conversation I feel like sometimes we see this mostly on, on social, right? It's like, we don't need these people to be at these places. I was like, I just want these people who are at these places to know and have the self um, reflection and do the self audit, which most of them don't to be able to be like, yo, I will take the hit for my people. Like, Oh, like 
somebody said on the on on the other day they were like yo so what if oprah like do you want oprah to be a thing because she's a billionaire and somebody was like no and i'm like word like <laughs> like, like i like i get it right like i understand that there's this like a there's this reasonable pushback towards this huge wealth gap and this huge inequality in that space and i want everyone who's continuing to fight that fight me me included to continue to fight that fight but i feel like there is a section of that of that space that if if pushed in a good direction if honed in a right way if you have the reflective the reflection within you to be able to look at the spaces around you and say all of this is not because of just me and if this is not just because of me how can i help the other people who are in that space be safe grow and give themselves a life a life that they can then build upon so that they can hopefully pass down that stuff to other people right, right so like right. they can help somebody else move in another positive positive direction so it's like I, I you know i don't want jeff to make stupid amounts of money you know what i mean but i also mm -hmm. know that there are cats who you know for as bad as some folks have it who are living check to check like i know that we all can do like an extra thing to help another person in a space right even if i even if i didn't have the amount of money that i wanted to have when i was super poor and like didn't have the amount to, to like go and do and, and do cool shit cool stuff sorry um, um, I was still willing to give something to a person who had less than I did. Word, word. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. like, I don't. I, I feel like there's levels to it. I feel like there's a lot of like angles that you can look at it, and I get the kind of initial like clap back towards it, mm -hmm. and I understand where it comes from. And I, it sucks that these folks are probably going to lose their jobs if they haven't already lost their jobs already. But I feel like the conversation around wealth and how we move and how we give each other the space to grow and also take care of each other is way more nuanced than just being like, yo, you in the, you in the tower, you got to come out. Like we got to chop oh, absolutely. your head off to come out the tower. No, absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely more complex than just like, let's eat the rich. But it's also right. like, like I think you mentioned a second ago, it's like, how do we change it from like a fundamentally like societal perspective of like, yeah, how do we, how do we encourage people to do good, right? Because essentially the way the system works at the moment, and not to get too far into the weeds, but like yeah. the way the way shit works at the moment, especially with with capitalism, is like you take that money, you hold on to it, and you pass it down to your to your family and, the, and your kids' right. kids. Like that's where the term old money comes from. Like that's a thing mm -hmm. that like in this country we admire and we aspire to. Um, yep. But, you know, you also wonder, like, what can we do within our own communities, like you said, to, like, start little grassroots movements and, and like, again, unionize and, and protect each other. And because and, we do have rights and we do have things that we can do, even if, like, the because tomorrow, no, not everybody's going to wake up and be like, you know what? this shit sucks you know we're not going to put amazon in, in queens and we're not going to do all this <laughs> right. other horrible shit we're going to stop drilling for oil and we found right, another right, thing right. Like, these things aren't going to stop overnight but there are things we can do at least in the interim that are like to stop the bleeding at the very least it's like hey this, this thing isn't working let's figure out a solution at least in the interim and uh you know i hope and like and i really really do genuinely hope for the best for these people who like you said uh, may have a they have already lost their jobs by now, but you know, hopefully, the, uh, this this conversation continues to happen. I think it's important. I think it should be on the forefront of a lot of like you know the coverage of surrounding a lot of these things, because mm -hmm. if we forget about it and we move on to the next thing, um, 
nothing is going to change. So I think like, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, we can find a solution. And I know like on, on spawn on me and stuff, you guys have definitely had folks on the show who like, who've talked about this, which I really, really appreciate. So like, I, as long as the, the conversation continues to happen, I think that's also an important thing. Cause like, you know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually talk about it enough where maybe it sparks the right thing. And, and, and hopefully, uh, gets to the gets to the right people before shit like this happens you know what i mean yeah it's a multi-prong it's a multi-prong attack right it's like you right. have to be you have to be paying attention to all the things that are moving at once and we, and we were lucky enough to have emma on the show from games game workers unite uh some months ago and i i mean i i, I love the ability to kind of talk about this in real ways with people who are on the ground who are doing the work who are sharing sharing the information and being able to to have seen some of those meetings in person it's just like every person that you think about when it comes to the games that you buy is amazingly passionate about what they do like mm -hmm. i think about the other step that we that we didn't necessarily get to yet and it's like for as much money as the executives have, are making and as much as money as the c level people are making and the people who are making the games are not it gives me even more reason to put my dollars in places and give to to games that I believe in and to companies that I believe in, knowing that the knowing that this disparity is there, but hoping that the money that I provide through the games that I buy is going to benefit those people who are on the ground doing that work. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like like I like I see the people who always complain about yo, it's only sixty dollars, yo, this this DLC, yo, these loot boxes, but I'm paying all this money for this stuff. Why don't I just get this stuff? And I'm like, yo, there are people who are busting their behinds every day who don't see their yeah. families for hours on end who dig through crunch that they shouldn't be going through, who mm -hmm. have to go through all these things that they shouldn't be having to go through. But in the meanwhile, like you said, what are we going to do for those people? Support the people who are making good art, support the, support the people who you believe in, and like put your money where your mouth is because that's the actual thing that moves kind of the, the, the sphere around. You know what I mean? It's like doing those small things helps to make a better hopefully better gaming industry and gaming community that we can all kind of be proud of word word but and like and like we said again like something's got to change because the, the current model is not sustainable um mm -hmm. but you know like you said you said too like it's it's also a matter of kind of changing our, our perspectives as well as 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 players and, and supporters of whatever you know like you have to ask a few more questions and you have to have a couple uncomfortable discussions and remember again these are people behind your favorite games and they have families and they have lives and they have health they need the health insurance you know what i mean like especially in this freaking country oh so um <laughs> yeah so it's, a, it's a whole nother discussion but uh i'm glad we i'm glad we got to at least touch upon it a little bit but that that, that was dope um all right, cool. So jumping into questions for the week. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to send an email directly to us at questions at d-optional.com. Uh, you can also drop them into our Discord channel um, or record us a voice message using the Anchor app on your phone. So our first message, our first question rather, comes in from Bo who asks, what's the biggest hustle slash promise you played on your parents to get them to buy you a game? Ooh, man, that's I rough. I can't think of one only because I'm... Um, 
I'm getting older now and my childhood seems to be sort of zooming way past into the rearview mirror. And I can't really remember things. I can't really easily reach <laughs> in there. Um, but I, I do remember a couple of like instances of instances of like, Hey, I promise I'll get my grades up and you know, whatever. Like I promise I'll take this a little more seriously and like, please just like help me get a PS2 for my birthday or for Christmas or whatever. Uh, so I do remember things like that, but I can't remember any specific things uh, in particular. I don't know if you have any memories like that. Nah, my grandma was hardcore. She was like, you ain't getting crap unless I see you getting crap. <laughs> I begged and pleaded for a whole bunch of different stuff. Oh, you know what, though? My my grandma, to, to her credit, and to credit of the 80s Bronx being dangerous, um, it, she she kind of used video game purchases as a way to keep me safe. Yeah. So so it was like, yo, I need you to be in the house so I know where you're at and so that, the you know, cats on the corner don't get you. So it was mm-hmm. like... I didn't have to ask a lot. I was very lucky to be to be able to not have to ask often for stuff in that space because it was a way to kind of keep me in good in good places. So I I, I couldn't g my grandmother like that. She just she was just too smart. <laughs> yeah, she was always two steps ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah. Me she and Cam like, always talk it. about. Yeah, I, mean, I was to say me and Cam always talk about that. Like with with video games in particular, like you know the the term latchkey kids, like kind of what we were as as children like sort of raised by tvs and and i guess in, to some degree video game consoles and computers um pretty similar situation where like i guess our parents were just like you know i'd rather see that they're at home playing sonic 3 for the 20th fucking time rather than out on the streets getting into trouble and granted you know as we got older that stuff definitely had its uh still was like a, a danger of of of, be, of of happening but Video games in a lot of ways definitely kept us from from that, you know, and we also just kind of gave us a new interest of like, oh, cool. Like, I don't have to, you know, take the three main paths out of my situation. Um, there are other areas like like, you know, maybe I could become a game developer. Maybe I could become a part of the games media. And, you know, who knows? But uh, it's it's interesting. Like, I, I, that's why whenever I hear I remember I had recently I had a family member talk about like, oh, yeah, that's why talking about our other cousins. Um, well, one of my one of our aunts saying like yeah that's why i was glad i never got them video games because they would have been stuck inside all day and i remember sort of in my head laughing because i was like well i mean me and my brother stayed inside all day playing video well not all day but we stayed inside <laughs> a lot playing video games and we have pretty dope jobs and we have pretty mm-hmm. great lives so that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to become this burnout loser um they can they can have really positive effects too and i think that's also a lot of the reason why we do the show and why I'm so such a big advocate for it. Cause it's like, Hey, they're not, they don't just turn you into this like basement dwelling monster who just hacks into things or whatever, you know, like you can actually have a positive spin. You can have a positive life. I mean, video games have gotten me pretty much all the things that I'm able to enjoy in this life right now. You know what I mean? Like exactly. If my grandmother didn't, <laughs> if my grandmother didn't get me an Atari when I was super young. Like who, who knows where I would have been? Who knows what this life would have been? And it's, I'm pretty happy right now. Looks a lot of good stuff. I get to chill chill with with folks like you and hang out with mad dope people and like learn a bunch and have my have my my um, ideas challenged and and have conversations with really smart people who are doing something they're passionate about. Like I think most people, if they were to ask other folks about a life that they want, they would want some of those bits in it. You know, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Cool. So our next question comes in from Chase. He asks, okay, it's 2028 and the copyright on Disney's properties have run out. How would you use these beloved characters in a game? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. 
I'm probably the worst person to ask that question because <laughs> I, I am not a huge Disney fan. Uh, okay. So, so my, my version would be like, can you, can you put it in a tube, throw it in a volcano <laughs> and then, and then never have it seen again? That would be, that would be my actual answer. That's your Disney uh, vault. That's my Disney vault. Like I, well, no, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, honestly, I don't know. Like I, I kind of want to see Disney movies like tackle really hard topics like they do it on the periphery like they kind of talk about some of that stuff in in some of the 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 things that they that they actually like make at this point but i want to see like disney go hard like on something that's like wealth disparity oh (laughs) shit can you imagine you know what i mean like i want to see like the whole like put politics in my disney like for real for real right that would that would be dope i want to see something like that yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I feel like there's there's a lot of really cool things, especially at least from my childhood, to to pick from. Like, I mean, I immediately my mind immediately goes to like The Lion King and like how much of a Shakespearean tale that was, especially for children. How much of mm. like a, a mind fuck that was as a as a child going into the theater and crying when you know, spoiler alert, a, a major character dies. Um, <laughs> just like there's there's a lot of really cool things in there but i, I agree i think i i think disney is i mean karen at that company also has its fucking fair share of problems in its history but um i do think that seeing even some of the more recent efforts especially on the pixar side like one of my favorite things in the past like 10 years let alone maybe even ever um was coco seeing like this really cool exploration into like mexican mythology and mm. and seeing a really beautiful cast with an incredible story where it revolves around teaching kids essentially about death and, and sort of getting them acquainted with the concept of death at an early age, which I think is kind of important where it's like, it's a thing we don't really talk about a lot and it would be dope to see uh, maybe like a Coco game, like in 2028, my, my favorite, you know, let, let's say that's included in this 2028, you know, fantasy universe. <laughs> I'd love to see um, maybe like a spinoff of of Coco or or something because that world is so vibrant and so beautiful on its own that it could it could have its own standalone game. It does it wouldn't necessarily need you know Sora or Donald and Goofy to come running and save the day. It could just sort of be its own its own thing. I want to see all the characters from Chip and Dale take a knee and throw. Up oh a brown my fist. god, that's fucking wanna, that's fire! I want to see. I want. <laughs> I want to see some really random, like, take on political things that are happening right now. Like Donald Duck just roll up with like a Trump, a Trump hairstyle, and then <laughs> just like get, get rolled on by the rest of the team or something. Like, I want to see some real ratchet. I want to see the world star of Disney. That's what I want. That's what I nah, actually want. It, it wouldn't be Donald Duck because Donald Duck actually served in the military. Uh, if you, oh, if you, snap! This is actually like some, this is actual facts. If you Google this, uh, <laughs> Donald Duck actually has a military record and you, you actually have to like apply for some sort of like permit or whatever to access those military records. Cause I think during, what? during World War II or some shit like that, I, I could get this wrong, but I, I remember hearing this very recently that um, it's in, it's in canon or whatever that he actually like shipped <laughs> off to war. And uh, you can actually find those records. Yeah, it's wild, yeah. Oh, my God. That's the best news I've heard ever. Yeah, so, that is so, so great. Donald's a real one. At least Donald Duck. Um, Donald so. don't draft. Donald's dodge no drafts. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was a dope question. Thank you, Chase. Appreciate that. Um, our next question is actually an audio message, uh, which comes from James. Yo, what up? Just want to say uh, love the podcast. And can we give a shout out to Apex Legends for 
just adding a group of diverse characters more than any game I've ever seen. Alright, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> so, yes, this question has been at the top of my mind. Even booting up the game or even seeing the trailer was like, oh, cool. Like, black woman. Oh, snap. Another black woman. Oh, cool. Like, Polynesian, like, Hawaiian dude. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Mirage, he's kind of, he's kind of brown looking. I have got some Latinx vibes off of him. And I'm like, wow, this game out the gate has, you know, granted only a small uh, handful of characters to choose from, but one of them is like a non-binary person. It's got like a nice mix of really diverse characters that I think is really cool and, and really, really fun way to just showcase how easy it is to implement these things <laughs> and it's not that easy like what the fuck do i know i don't make video games like it's it's extremely <laughs> hard but um but yeah I, i'm definitely a huge shout out to apex legends for including a diverse group of characters at least you know for me yeah i mean it sh- it shows like even even if even if i put on my cynical hat and say they did this for the sake of good optics it doesn't matter right it's still dope you still see i mean i still have a little bit of concern about lifeline's uh accent i don't Mm. understand what it's supposed to be i don't know if it's supposed to be like uh like jamaican or if it's supposed to be is it supposed to be like yeah to me it sounds like so i like trini or bayesian yeah i thought it was trinidadian because so i had so growing up one of my really really close friends uh he was trinidadian and we always used to like kind of really love and enjoy his accent so when i first heard her i was like that sounds like west india that sounds like mm-hmm. Trinidadian. and um i i tried to confirm it like really briefly on twitter maybe i'll send them an email if i can and ask directly but i would love to know for sure where she's from because it, it is like a, a, a kind of a it's like you can kind of hone in on it like you know what's in the caribbean somewhere mm-hmm. but you can't quite pinpoint it and i could be wrong for all i know maybe i'm maybe i'm just completely off off base but to me it definitely sounded like trinidadian which i think would be super dope because like mm-hmm. when's the last time you saw like a dope ass uh, character in a game who in a lot of ways is probably like one of the stronger picks to make to compose a team be trinidadian like that's that's dope it would be a good look i mean that's a, and that's the reason why i love the direction that they took right they like get through these characters out in the world didn't really give a lot of backstory yet so they can fill that stuff in whenever they choose to i mean sure i'm sure when they did the design docs that they had an idea for all that stuff so it's there we all know it's there now we're just waiting for that stuff to come out so it can be shared and that's super great like it's super fun to be able to kind of be like oh okay so this character does this and why does she why does she or he do this why do they do this Mm -hmm. at this point like what is their motivation for being in this world that's already in a in a world that has canon you know what i mean right so so it's, it's pretty dope. Like I, I saw it and the first thing I tweeted out was like pretty smart respawn putting two black women out in, in the first couple of conversations about your game. Like, especially yeah. when we see all the folks who are, who are on our side of the fence, like worrying about that in Overwatch and seeing that it not seeing it not happen. So like yeah. a great way to differentiate your game and like make sure that you're kind of talking to an audience that already wants to kind of mess with something new. But it was funny to see all these people who were like rip white dude. I was like, ha ha! <laughs> ah, that was so great. It like, was wow. so great. Now you kind of know what it feels like, my guy. Like it's oh, it's funny because um actually uh shout out to Gita, she wrote a really dope piece on this and, and it was mm-hmm. like it was a very like personal thing and, and from her perspective, which you know extremely valuable. And like I I, I kind of you know, I, I definitely also, like you said a second ago, have my my hesitation and my reservations, you know. I'm like, oh I don't know, like if I should trust this all the way, but at the same time, like 
granted it makes no difference the fact that gibraltar is gay and you know he's also this like polynesian cat whatever but like the fact that i kind of know that feels cool and like uh, you know it adds a little bit of extra meaning behind it the same way it added extra meaning behind picking sombra or something in in overwatch like it, mm -hmm. i don't know like it's it's a thing for me and like, that's fine but also like yeah this, eventually one day this should be a thing that we don't call out and be like wow look at this like you know look at these characters <laughs> it should just be the norm and you know we're, we're getting there we're getting there little by little but it's it's cool it's cool to see that like out the gate be like oh wow the two like two of the main heavy hitters in terms of like the meta as it stands right now bangalore and lifeline are mm -hmm. like black women and they're super effective so if you want to be good at this game guess what bro you got to play as a black woman so mm -hmm. uh, it's super super dope i, I love it i'm all, i'm here for it um all right, cool. So, uh, yeah, jumping into feeling it. Feeling it is where we take one thing that we absolutely love from the past week that we've stumbled across that we think is worth sharing. So I had a hard time deciding on what mines would be this week, but I have mentioned in the past, uh, there's this group uh, from Japan that I really, really love. So I have a um, uh, really soft spot in my heart for jazz, especially like contemporary, like modern style jazz. And there's a group from Japan called H Zetrio. That's H dot space z-e-t-t-r-i-o all their songs are written in japanese so i don't know what they say <laughs> for all i know <laughs> they could be like extremely problematic but uh i doubt i doubt that's the case because they're all like instrumental songs but um they have a new they had a new record that came out last year that i didn't even know about but they just released a new song um which i don't know the name of but i probably will tweet it out um so if you want follow me and i'll, and I'll tweet it out but it's a really really cool song i think if you'd like some of the more a lot of their songs actually kind of sound like things you would hear in like splatoon 2 or something which is really cool like upbeat um just really funky mostly piano style stuff and um it's just such a good time to listen to uh if you like that kind of thing um i would highly suggest checking them out i might even drop a link uh to at least to the spotify uh version of it in our show notes so that y'all can check them out if you want it's, it's really really good I, I love it so much that's dope I'm yeah, yeah check so, that out what about you man um, I have been a huge fan of Big Mouth on Netflix. Uh, if you have not checked out that series, it's a couple years old. I got to it late because I'm old. Um, but uh, having kind of like binge watched the whole thing, I was really sad that there weren't any more episodes until this past week where they dropped a Valentine's Day episode that was just one special and it goes through the whole process of, again, if you're not familiar with, with Big Mouth, it's like watching these really young kids go through the, the process of uh, going through puberty. So they all have their puberty monsters that tell them to do terrible things and also kind of like usher oh. them through the process of learning what it's like to go through puberty and have thoughts about sex and thoughts about, you know, gender and all these things. Um, and the Valentine's Day special is just something that you have to just watch and take in and absorb. I would say go through the process of actually watching some of the other shows so you have a little bit more of a background on who's who and what's what. But once you do, check out the Valentine's Day special because it's just really fun. Like, it's really funny. It's super smart. It gives people who are just, like, trying to figure out that conversation for, for, for maybe the kids in their lives a way to kind of, like, sneak off into the back room with your significant other or if you're not with your significant other by yourself um, and just laugh at the process because we've all gone through it. And we've all hit whatever puberty potholes we've been able to uh, kind of dig our ways out of. And it's been nice to be able to see them kind of uh, talk about it in fun and smart and like really hilarious. 
So check out the, the Valentine's Day special for Big Mouth. That sounds awesome. I definitely want to check this out now. I've, I've seen it pop up on my queue a couple of times or like on my homepage, but um, hearing that makes me want to definitely jump into it now. Cause I'm like, Oh, that sounds actually like a really interesting idea. So the next time that someone asks me a really uncomfortable question, maybe I'll have a humorous way to hopefully give them some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's super, super dope. All right, cool, man. Uh, so before we wrap up the show, um, First of all, thank you so much for helping me out this week, co-pilot the uh, the ship. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and if you could just give people a quick rundown of your projects and where they can find you um, and why they should find you, uh, please let the people know. Um, you should check out my stuff because I have the dopest waves on the planet. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me rock with you. Again, anytime I get a chance to, to, to be in your presence and, and do cool things with you, I'm always down to do it and, and always better coming out of it on the other end. Um, check out the stuff that we're doing at Spawn On Me. We are a podcast uh, showcasing and spotlighting people of color in the industry and surfacing uh, conversations that you care about as a marginalized or person of color. Uh, we do that. Those drop every Tuesday. We do our live show every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Spawn On Me. Uh, I am doing a secondary project called This Is Dope on YouTube, uh, where we talk about, or where I talk about, um, things that I find to be fun. It is literally like a version of killing it, uh, but in YouTube form. Uh, so that's a great way, a great way to, to showcase that. The next thing that we're going to talk about is, um, there's a company out here in Portland, uh, called Toast Made, where they, uh, make these wonderful kind of, uh, wood-based coverings for your consoles so like if you wanted Ooh. to quote unquote pimp out your console in some bamboo or some nice wonderful other wood accents uh like your switch uh you can do that stuff uh through them so i'll be showcasing and sharing off what uh, a little uh, tour of their facility and uh, an interview with the owner and uh you get to showcase some of the stuff that they're doing so that'll be coming up uh in the next week Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm super, super excited about uh, where this is dope is going. I mean, I've, I've been, we've talked about it kind of beforehand, yeah. uh, just sort of like doing our own personal projects and I'm super, super excited to see you starting to do this. I can co-sign this is dope. It is indeed dope. If you get a chance, <laughs> please check it out. Um, follow, uh, where can they follow you on, on social too, by the way? Uh, at Kajakins, that's K-A-H-J-A-H-K-I-N-S uh, is my personal. At Spawn On Me is the one for the show. At This Is Dope Y-T, that stands for not white people, but for <laughs> YouTube <laughs> on, 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 on Twitter there as well. I would shout out the URL because we don't have a like uh, custom URL yet, so we're waiting to get that. You have to be on YouTube for about 30 days before you can make that. So once that actually is made and into a real thing, then I'll share that out as a good way well but uh, yeah definitely check out the stuff we're doing there uh we're trying to push out stuff there and on instagram and all that stuff as well so uh, make sure you're paying attention awesome awesome yeah so definitely go show cause some love um because yeah you've been again like i mentioned on your show you've been a, a supporter of our show for like years at this point before anybody had like sort of taken notice so again man uh we really really appreciate you always showing us love and, and anytime we can kind of so, sort of have you on the show and and show that love back we are here for it. And hopefully soon you can come to the East Coast and uh, visit, see us in person and talk to me and Cam. Hopefully Cam can be here uh, so we can all have a, a great discussion about whatever is going on at, at the moment. But um, again, man, uh, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. I can't thank you enough, man. Anytime, fam. You know what's love, man. I'll, hopefully I'll be out there during Game Devs of Color when that, when that drops Perfect. in the summer. So, we, so we'll definitely have a chance to chop it up and hang out. 
Hell yeah, hell yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do some, a couple things. Maybe maybe you st- stop by the Kotaku offices again too. Maybe we could do a stream again. That, that was yeah, that was super, fun. That was um, super dope. All right, cool. So uh, I'm at Pauli Mayo on Twitter and Instagram. That's P O L I M as in Mary A Y O. Go ahead and follow me on there. Also follow my my co-host who's not here, uh, Cam at Cappy Can't Lose. That's C A P I C A N T L O S E on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening this week. If you have any questions or comments, send them over to questions at the optionalcom We'd love to hear from you. Please make sure to subscribe. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, and Spotify. Uh, if you'd like to take a minute to rate and review the show on on iTunes, though, especially, that really, really helps us out, really helps us spread the word. Um, and if you like the show and want to help keep it going, please check out our profile on Anchor. Uh, you have to do this in, in a browser. From what, Thanks to, shout out to Mark, who, who became a, um, a supporter this week, who told me that uh, you have to be on a browser to, to go to our, um, to see our little uh what's it called our little supporter button so you can do that actually at anchor.fm slash the optional podcast um to go ahead and hit the supporter button and give us as low as a dollar a month it just really helps us you know support the show keep it afloat our homepage is the optional podcast.com that's where you can find the show share it with your friends as always we're on facebook and twitter at the optional nyc our show's music is by the one and only Levi Pack. You can find him on Twitter at underscore L-E-V-I-P-A-C-K. So please go show him some love. And until next time, everyone, peace.